Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. Dope music. A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape, a new mixtape for you every single week. Of course, Sundays at noon, you can check it out here on 90.3 KRNU, krnu.unl.edu, or on Twitter at the mixtape KRNU. And this week, I am joined by Rich Cassidy, who is a country radio vet. He's been a country music fan, uh, I believe a CMA award winner. Is that correct, sir? It, it, it is a couple of times with the station, yeah. Well, good grief. I'm so excited to have you, and we are talking about country music today. Yeah, well, you know, that's pretty much all I talk about. Either dogs, my two dogs we have at the house, or country music. My wife wants me to find a new hobby, but right now these are the ones that I'm loving. And I love that I just steered right into it. I'm like, hey, Rich, you want to do something? It's about country music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what? I don't mind when people have questions about country music artists or songs or things like that. It's when they call me at like midnight on a Saturday night. They're drunk by a jukebox. And I'm like, come on, really? You can wait till Sunday morning. (laughs) You're like, I know it's watermelon crawl. I'm excited, too. (laughs) I'm going to go back to sleep. So Rich and I today are, uh, the mixtape is an interesting one. It's not just country because country is such a vast genre and uh, it's been around for an incredibly long time. So to do 10 country songs would be, you know, kind of meaningless. Essentially, it would be very difficult to cover all the bases. So we got very specific and you went with like one hit wonders, right? I did because country music is so popular, but it's almost as if, For a lot of artists, it's popular as a flash in the pan. Like, it's quick and they are gone. And I think we have a good list today that you're going to say, I remember that song. Whatever happened to? Uh, They were some pretty big hits. Yeah. We're going to start it off with not the most recognizable song on the list, because I think we know which mullet that goes to, and we'll get there later. But um, we're going to start off with a song that I definitely said that exact thing about, which is The Tractor's Baby Likes to Rock It. Yeah, this was a band, the guy's name was Steve Ripley, and he was a local uh, musician, music producer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he lived, and he decided to form this band called The Tractors. He was the one that put in all the legwork to get him a, a, a record out to people, and then Nashville took notice of him, and wouldn't you know it, that they became a huge, huge dance hall hit. Uh, that was 1994, that was 26 years ago. And it uh, almost cracked the top 10. It was a number 11 from 94. And it was sad to hear that Steve Ripley, you know, they made a lot of money off Baby Likes to Rocket. And Steve Ripley uh, just lost his uh, battle with cancer actually January of last year. So this song means a lot to a lot of fans these days. I think it's really interesting about Steve Ripley, and and it's something that we will come back to here, that he was a producer and a a songwriter. He did all kinds of stuff, and that's just how Nashville works, right? The people that you hear on the radio are probably doing a thousand other things in the background. Oh, they are, and and a lot of these big-time stars that you see on CMT and uh, television, or you see them selling out arenas across the country, a lot of these guys and gals started as songwriters in these seedy little bars and then they went on to be bartenders and waitresses i mean nashville is a whole different beast on how you get discovered but steve was doing music way before nashville ever came calling and his studio was actually a small little church in tulsa that is still standing to this day oh that's amazing so if people are in tulsa they can check it out they can check it out (laughs) okay for now it's baby likes to rock it this is the tractors on 90.3 krnu the mixtape Baby likes to rock it like a buggy, wuggy, choo-choo
have to be me till Monday. KRNU, welcome back to The Mixtape. The Mixtape this week with Rich Cassidy, who is a country music guy. He has been for many decades. I mean, not so many, but like an appropriate, (laughs) something that makes you an expert, but not old. What's that number? I I don't know what that is, but (laughs) I've been known as the Forrest Gump of country music. You ask me a question, I've probably lived it at some point in my life. Well, our box of chocolates today is One Hit Wonders from um, Country Music, and you've got One Hit Wonders on this list from the 90s. You've got some more current stuff. We just heard I Don't Have to Be Me Until Monday. Steve Azar, he's from the Bayou, and this guy, uh, the guy is making a living off this song. As a matter of fact, he is now a uh, radio host. Uh, down in Mississippi, and he has a weekly four-hour show where he plays top 40 country songs, and it's called I Don't Have to Be Me Till Monday. I actually talked to him about a month ago, uh, and he's doing his own little cooking thing on the side. He's got a lot of fans that way, and he is helping develop brand new artists who want to get into music. And Steve is an all-around, just a nice guy. What you'll find in country music is most, I would say most, meaning 80 to 85% of these artists that we hear are all down-to-earth people that will give you the shirt off their back. There are a lot of country folks doing cooking stuff. Did you watch the uh, Trisha Yearwood with when she had Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires on? I did. Her food is amazing. If you if you don't know how to cook at all, but you want to learn, the food is so good. It is such great comfort food. As Garth will always laugh, no, reason, no wonder why he always has to get jeans a little bit bigger because she's <laughs> cooking at home all the time. <laughs> Well, of course, I watched it because I am obsessed with Jason Isbell. I think he's fantastic. But mm-hmm. I was like, I want to make all this stuff this week. <laughs> and of course, we're supposed to be on a diet. So ugh, yeah. come on, Trisha. It's, the, right. co- it, it's the COVID-19 pounds. Isn't that what they call it? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's the not the freshman. It was quarantine 19. That's yeah. well, I'm rapidly approaching. So let's take it back to 1999, a wonderful year and a country music artist named Shelly Wright. So the single yes. was single white female and it went number one it was huge single white female of course is an old take on the old you know the ads trying to find your love and Shelly Wright who is a Kansas girl had kind of kicked around for years in Nashville sang backups sang demos and this was really her breakthrough as a matter of fact it went number one for her like you said uh from 99 Shelly Wright now is kind of an an open activist for LGBTQ youth and bullying and an advocate. But for a long time, she struggled with this. And I know she wrote a book about it and talks a little bit about her own sexuality and not really wanting to embrace it and not really feeling like she could do that specifically with a career in country music. And I'm times have changed. Clearly Shelly has changed and she's come out since, but I mean, what do you say to people who, because it is a common accusation of country music that it is slightly behind in that way. Yeah, it it is. Well, certainly back in 1999 it was. And and I think the problem that Shelly ran into is the same problem that a lot of these young artists, predominantly in country music, uh, they run into when you have so many money people in front of your dream. When they tell you how you must act, what you must portray. And I think Shelly kind of fell into that. And I think she was scared to show her true colors. I mean, that's terrible to say. For her, when she finally decided to open herself up and become the real her, yes, maybe she wasn't having the chart success that she had back in 1999 with Single White Female. But I think that 
her fan base and I think her celebrity grew by leaps and bounds because she brought more people uh, to Shelly Wright's fan club. Uh, it seems like she struggled and came out the other side, so that's wonderful. All right, single white female, it's Shelly Wright on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. I know that every morning you go thumbing through the person who won't ask. You grab the latest copy, a cup of coffee, and settle in for a good laugh. I've been trying to catch your eye, but I'm so shy. I'm hoping and praying that today's edition is going to catch your attention. Because there's a single white female looking for that special lover to put it in a nutshell. A one woman man who doesn't want no other. Oh, you never can tell. She just might be your dream come true. The single white female is looking for me. Should have put it in writing Might have been a little reckless A little desperate But I think I did the right thing Couldn't go on living Keep it hidden So I'm telling you everything It's my confession
Welcome back to the mixtape, the mixtape this week with my friend Rich Cassidy. We're talking country music one hit wonders and you can catch the show on krnu.unl.edu or of course on the air 90.3 KRNU or on Twitter at the mixtape KRNU. Cindy Thompson, what I really meant to say, 2001. Cindy Thompson was the new it girl when she came out with her number one, her debut what I really meant to say. But in 2002, one year later after hitting the top of the charts, she was working on her second album and she walked away from her record deal. Just Why? walked away from it. She she just said she couldn't commit to it. She said there was, that you know, that's all she, and you find this a lot with a lot of these artists, whether it be country music, rock or what have you. Once you achieve the dream, you realize how much time and effort and energy it will put into that. And sometimes people say it's not worth my life to to go through all this now cindy is still very active um in the singing community she is still writing i believe her husband is in the industry um she just loves being a young mother she's got two uh, i think she's got a couple of kids she just walked away from it she's on social media as a matter of fact i'm connected with her on there so i'm always seeing what she's up to and she talks about you know local things with her kids and what her husband is up to but she still holds that she had a number one with what I really meant to say. She just decided, you know what? I don't want to commit to the touring, being away from my family and putting all that effort in, you know? So in that sense, I applaud her because I think a lot of times we do our passions. We do them because we love to do them, whether somebody pays us or not. Once somebody pays us and it becomes bigger than it is, maybe we lose that passion. So good for her. Mm-hmm. So one person that did not start out, well, he did start out as a small in-size fish because he was very, very young, but his kind of hook was youth is Billy Gilman. So this was the youngest artist to ever have a top 40 single on the country chart. He was a little guy he when was. one voice came out. Yeah, he was. And in a, from a, and you know this in the radio world, you know, there always has to be some sort of gimmick. So when Billy came out in 2000 at 11 years old, I remember a lot of programmers around the country going, is this a gimmick? Like, are we supposed to play him because, you know, little kids and moms will really appreciate this song. But the problem was Billy really could sing and he blew up. I remember going to the state fair, they sold out the arena and Billy had one hit on the uh, charts. And that was, of course, one voice. That's incredible. I have an 11 year old and it's just a struggle to get people to like shower and do their homework. I can't, I mean, imagine having a top 20 single at 11, 11. Right. And I think a lot of us in the country music world, we were quickly reminded of the story of Leanne Rimes, yes. who, who was 13 when she came out with blue and that exploded for her. But we also remember a lot of the behind the stage struggles she had with her finances and her parents trying to run her career. And it was almost as if, are we watching Billy go down that same path? Of course, Billy had this huge, huge hit uh, from 2000. Then he went on to have another single and then he virtually went away until he ended up on The Voice again. When was it? Last year? 2016. So a couple oh, years ago. Oh, Times, couple years. We're in coronavirus time. We don't know. Yeah. Time means nothing. Yeah. So 2016, he showed back up on uh, The Voice, but that was right after he had publicly come out uh, to say that he was living as a gay man and he had been married uh, for a little bit of time. And he really, again, kind of like Shelley Wright we talked about earlier, has found his new, uh, not to play off the song, but he has really found his new voice and uh, gained more fans than he had back when he was 11 years old. It's almost like that little boy just grew up into a man. He looks exactly the same, <laughs> like identical the same. Like, I wonder if he goes by Bill now to his sure. friends. Cause, cause I'm William. A, call me William. Uh, um, call me William. But, <laughs> William I mean, Gilman. He, he's just such a good looking dude. And, and I know that he is just so creative. I think that guy can do anything. And I expect big things from him. 
Well, here is Billy Gilman's big single from the year 2000. It's called One Voice on 90.3 KRNU, the country one-hit wonder mixtape. Some kids have and some kids don't. And some of us are wondering why. And mom won't watch the news at night. There's too much stuff that's making her cry. We Nothing up ahead or in 
50,000 miles ago Before the bad blood and busted radio You said I was all you'd ever need But love is blind and little did I know You were just another dead in a row Paved with pretty lies and broken dreams Baby, leaving you is easier than being gone I don't know what I'll do if one more thing goes wrong I sure hate to break down KRNU. Welcome back to the mixtape. Every week we have a new mixtape for you. So it's an hour. It's usually 10 songs unless we're playing punk and they're all like two minutes and we can squeeze a bunch of extra ones in there. Or if we're playing metal and they're all nine minutes, then, you know, we get shorted a little bit. But for the most part, we get 10 songs to you. And a guest and I talk about the the mixtape that they have created. This week, Rich Cassidy, who is a country radio vet, he has been around and worked at country radio stations. He's worked with artists and labels. You've done your own thing. You, you've been there. You've done that. I, I, I've done a few, and, and I've done a few two steps in my day working <laughs> in some smoky bar rooms and, and fun places like that. I even tried my hand at uh, fronting a country music band at one point. I was just going to uh, say, you need to come over and we can play guitars. Absolutely. I, I love playing my guitar at the house and just messing around with friends or playing for the dogs or my wife. And I have such a, I have such a profound like uh, love for guys that can do this all the time. I lasted a month when I fronted a band because it took so much time to get to the gig, to set up for the gig. Then you had to play for four hours. Then you had to tear down and you had to go home. I'm just not built like that. I like to go, 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 like move, move, move. So Right. All for a I, tip I, jar and the exposure. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I I think the stage was a little too close for to the bar for me in my twenties to be a lead singer of a band. Actually, you're like, excuse, we're gonna take another set break. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just heard Julie Roberts' "Breakdown Here," which is a cover, I believe. It had been done before, right? It had been done, I think, a lot around the same time. Uh, Trace Adkins uh, recorded it on one of his records. And Julie Roberts, again, is one of these. She ended up, where did she end up again? Uh, in uh, The it Voice. Was t- yep, 2013. Uh, she had, uh, uh, on The Voice, it was one of the craziest things to watch. I made sure to watch when she was on. And I felt so bad for her mm-hmm. when nobody turned around. I want to move on to a, this is another mid-aughts hit, but a band that like was a total flash in the pan. They only made one album. They were like in and out and that's Heartland, but the song was enormous. I loved her first. Yeah, it was a big, big song. And I remember when this song slowly started to gain legs, you would see these guys and they weren't typically what you would expect to see coming out of Nashville. What I mean by that is, yeah, they all had the cowboy hats and they all had the Wranglers and the boots. But they literally looked like any local band out of any <laughs> town USA. 
These guys were from Alabama. Their band started and they formed in 1994. And in 2006, they had this song called I Loved Her First, which is about a father watching his daughter grow and then eventually getting married in the song. And it just, again, it's about that country songwriting that slowly grew like weeds where people said, oh my God, I can relate to this song. And it became a huge, massive number one for these guys to the point where they could never reproduce that success. I mean, nowhere even close after I Loved Her first came out. That song is still ubiquitous. Any wedding, they're playing it. It's the father-daughter dance. I, You know I don't take don't take the girl lightly. But, <laughs> right. but it's like that level of, um, or I hope you dance. Like those songs get in your soul. And I don't think a lot of people would even remember who sang I Loved Her First, but it is so in the zeitgeist that everybody knows it. Yeah, it really is. And you know what? And and you have to feel some uh, sense of victory for the guys because it was such a massive, massive seller for them. And so this was 2006. This was before streaming was huge, before downloads were really huge, where people were just downloading to their phones. So you have to think, if they were smart, that they're living pretty good after all, uh, uh, off of all those records that they sold because they sold a lot of records. All right, let's do it. It's I Loved Her First. Try not to cry. Don't do it. Okay, you can cry. It's Heartland on the mixtape, 90.3 KRNU. Look at the two of you dancing that way Lost in the moment and each other's face So much in love, you're alone in this place Like there's nobody else in the world I was enough for her not long ago I was her number one, she told me so And she still means the world to me, just so you know So be careful when you hold my girl Time changes everything, life must go on I'm not gonna stand in your way I loved her first, I held her first And a place in my heart will always be hers From the first breath she breathed when she first smiled at me That she find you someday But it's still hard to give her away I loved her first How could that beautiful woman with you Be the same freckle-faced kid that I knew one that I read all those fairy tales to And tucked into bed all those nights And I knew the first time I saw you with her It was only a matter of time I loved her first I held her first And a place in my heart will always be hers From the she first smiled at me I knew the love of a father on I prayed that she'd find you someday But it's still hard to give her away I loved her first When she first smiled at me, I knew the love of a father runs deep. Someday you might know what I'm going through. When a miracle smiles over you, I loved her first.
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. We've got country music one-hit wonders this week, and all of these have been so great. That last one, Lipstick Promises, came out in 95. 95! (laughs) I know, I'm trying to think. It was a time. Yeah, I was in college. That's right before I got into country radio. But I remember George Dukas, and what a great song that is. I mean, that that right there encompasses what 90s country was about. You're in a smoky bar room. You're on the dance floor with either the one you brought or the one you're trying to take home, and you're dancing to that song like Lipstick Promises. And George Dukas is one of these where the guy could sing, he could write a hit, and he had a face for video, so he got a record deal. These days, George is one of these guys. He still plays around, but he's written some massive hits for other people. He was uh, he had a hand in writing the huge uh, hit Beer Run for Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. And, that was a duet, right? Beer Run. Yeah, uh, who was on with Beer George, With George Jones. George Jones. And, and he and he co-wrote um, probably my all-time favorite Sarah Evans song, A Real Fine Place to Start. I love George Dukas. I still follow him on social media, and I'm hoping to uh, catch up with him again soon because I think the guy is just a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. It's time to address the amazing mullet in the room, oh, and yes. that is one Billy Ray Cyrus, Achy Breaky Heart. Probably, if you said, what is a country one-hit wonder, I'd be like, Achy Breaky Heart. It has to be on there. It has to be on the list. Such a massive hit. I remember seeing him for the very first time in concert right as Achy Breaky Heart went number one. And I've told this story a hundred times. It had to be what it was like to see Elvis Presley on stage. I remember at the venue, they had police caution tape around the stage. It was in the round. And there were middle-aged women bum rushing this, (laughs) this police tape just to get close to him. Like, I've seen the old footage in the 70s of Elvis throwing out these scarves to fans. Yeah. This is this is what Billy Ray would do. He would throw roses out to fans, and they would fight each other for these things. Oh, the guy was that's massive. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and, and now what history will, will uh, tell us is that Billy Ray, of course, his entire family now, for the most part, except for his wife— are involved in entertainment, music, some way, somehow. Uh, Noah Cyrus, his daughter, just came out with a brand new song. Of course, my, everybody knows Miley. Everybody knows Miley. And yeah. uh, Billy Ray's on Old Town Road, and he's, I mean, he's out there doing it still. Well, and here's the thing. Billy Ray didn't write Achy Breaky Heart, but it was his producers in the studio that rearranged the song to make it that poppy, radio-friendly hit if you go back and listen to how Achy Breaky Heart was originally written, it sounds nothing like the huge, huge worldwide number one hit that Billy Ray Cyrus made it. It, it really was quite the quite the moment for line dancing and for fashion. Not a not an inch of skin shown. Everybody wearing like a button up <laughs> denim shirt, buttoned all top button, bolo tie. <laughs> jeans I, I would rubbers. wear denim upon denim I denim on denim, denim baby i i did i i literally i thought i was going through pictures the other night with my wife and she was <laughs> laughing because she's considerably younger than me and she was laughing because i had denim jeans on i had my roper boots on yep i had a denim colored t-shirt and then i had a denim button-up on top of that and she's like we're enough denim i'm like hey it was the style there's no such thing as enough denim in 1992 <laughs> what one thing i forgot to mention too about achy breaky heart and i don't, i'm sure you probably know this if you know achy breaky heart was one of the biggest feuds in country music in the 90s between billy ray cyrus and one of his uh, peers travis tritt because uh achy breaky heart was so huge travis tritt in not so many words said something to the effect of uh, it's not really country music when you're out there shaking your you-know-what so much. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's about songwriters and all this stuff. And Travis Tripp had a huge hit with a song called Here's a Quarter Call Someone Who Cares. So when Billy Ray Cyrus won all these major awards on national TV, he raises it in the air and he says, for all you haters out there, uh, here's a quarter call somebody who cares. And these guys really did not get along for a number of years. And I guess they finally made up. But I would think at the end of the day, when all the history books are written, Billy Ray Cyrus is going to be happy where his career has ended up because everybody knows the name Billy Ray Cyrus. They sure do. All right. Achy breaky heart time. Get your line dancing boots on. It's the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. You can tell the world you never was. 
Welcome back to the mixtape. We are wrapping up 10 songs. It's Country One Hit Wonders with my friend Rich Cassidy, who is a country music aficionado, been in country radio for a long time, got some uh, got some awards, got some hardware. Where do you keep yeah. those? The hardware are with other places. They've been with stations that I've been with, but I do have some plaques. I do have some uh, paper awards, but I think the memories are more than actually just having it in hand. So I, it's, kind, it's kind of fun to sit and talk about those years. And again, people like me who are fortunate enough to win those awards, uh, we all give, we all go back and give thanks to those that make the music because we love it so much. And and it's nice to be memorialized, if for lack of a better term, for our love for country music and helping these people achieve such success and greatness and bringing more fans to country music. What connection do you have to the song Who I Am from Jessica Andrews? Came out in 2000, so you would have been on the air at the time. Do you remember yeah, it? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, she was 17 years old. And I remember that this was around the same time. If I go back and look, yeah, it was actually the same year that Billy Gilman was big with uh, One Voice that we heard earlier. Uh, Jessica was another one of these. And this is when we saw the young infusion of country music. It seemed like in 2000, and she came out with this song of who she was, and it was almost as if it was an empowering song for young teenage girls to kind of uh, forge their own path as to, you know, where am I going to be? What career am I going to follow? Uh, and who am I going to make of myself? And this was kind of an anthem for these young high school girls at 17 years old. And uh, Jessica really, really sold that to not only. Uh, her peers at 17 years old, but also the mothers and the fathers of teenage girls saying, you know what, this is somebody that we can look up to and we can have our children aspire to be. So many times people paint country with uh, like an antiquated brush, but there are so many examples of strong females in country music who have made these anthemic songs. I mean, we think of people like Taylor Swift. We think of the Dixie Chicks. There are so many young women, even young women who just had the one hit, who have made these anthemic, lovely songs that you're like, yes, yes. And again, it's it's I, I go back to this. You being a musician yourself, you your family, and in my family, uh, again, it all goes back to number one: writing what you know, writing uh, from the heart, and writing something that is hooky and memorable. Rich, thank you so much for joining me today. I love talking about all of these songs. We've got another episode next week, 90.3 KRNU, of course, krnu.unl.edu, or on Twitter, at the mixtape KRNU. We'll talk to you next week. Interrupting all programs.